Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Sometimes people can surprise you. In today's study, we learn of a man with surprising characteristics. He is a Roman centurion, a soldier, and a leader of other soldiers. And yet he needs Jesus' help. What can we learn from this story? Today on Drawing Near, we will seek to gain spiritual insight and understanding from one man's encounter with Jesus. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 6 and study Faith, Humility, and Authority. As we prepare for today's study, let's go to the Lord together in prayer. And Father, we're thankful for stories like this that draw us into your word, that give us a personal understanding of the emotion, of the concern, of the faith that's involved in these interactions. Thank you for the compassion of the Lord Jesus, his insight, and thank you for your word, which makes all of this known and clear to us. Help us to study in such a way that we grow in the likeness of Jesus Christ, but also help us to learn from people like this centurion. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to begin our study today by reading this account of Jesus' encounter, or actually lack of an encounter, with this centurion. So let's begin reading in Luke chapter 7, verse 1. When he had completed all his discourse in the hearing of the people, he went to Capernaum, and a centurion slave, who was highly regarded by him, was sick and about to die. When he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders asking him to come and save the life of his slave. When they came to Jesus, they earnestly implored him, saying, He is worthy for you to grant this to him, for he loves our nation, and it was he who built our synagogue. Now Jesus started on his way with them, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself further, for I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. For this reason I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled at him, and turned and said to the crowd that was following him, I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. So let's set this scene. Jesus has completed his teaching in the hearing of the people, and he travels to Capernaum. While there, Jesus is ministering, teaching, doing those types of things that we've already seen him do in the Gospel of Luke. And in the process of doing this, Jewish elders come to him, travel on a journey, and come to him from where we're not certain. And they are messengers. That's interesting. Jewish elders typically aren't messenger boys. That tells us something of their regard for this centurion, because they bring this message that there's a centurion who has a slave 
and he's concerned about the slave. This whole thing, if you really think about it, is interesting. We have a Roman soldier, a centurion, a leader over other men, a hundred men, and he has a slave, a man or person that he possesses, he owns, and he's concerned about this slave's life. He cares about the slave, and he doesn't want the slave to die, and his concern is so great that he gets with these Jewish elders and he sends the Jewish elders to Jesus to ask Jesus to help him. Not only is this centurion unique in the way he cares for the slave, but he's also unique in the way he actually cares for the Jewish people. He was a man of means, he had money, and so he had built the synagogue for the Jewish people in his community. He had financed the building of their synagogue. And so these Jewish elders cared for him. He was somebody unique. And so the Jewish elders come to Jesus, and when they come, they say to Jesus, we need you to come. They implored him earnestly. He is worthy for you to grant this to him. Now, we know from the study of God's word that none of us are worthy. But from the perspective of these Jewish elders, they saw this man as a unique person, his care for his slave his care for the Jewish community. He didn't just care in his heart. He outwardly cared for them. Quite honestly, this is an example of someone loving their enemy or loving someone who is not their friend. He's a Roman centurion. He is there to guard the Jewish people, to impose Roman will on the Jewish people. And yet he builds the synagogue. And so they travel. And Jesus hears this And he doesn't comment on it in this passage. He just goes with them. Whether his interest is piqued, whether he has a leadership of the Holy Spirit that's guiding him, whether he thought that this man was unique in in the way he loved and the way he concerned, we don't know. But we're told in verse 6 that when Jesus started on his way with them, when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends saying to the Lord, Do not trouble yourself further. I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. For this reason, I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. So we see not only this man's authority and his unique love for his slave and for the Jewish people, but we see this man's humility. He sent these elders not because he's bossy. He sent them because he considered himself unworthy to even come into the presence of Jesus. He was unworthy to go. He thought the Jewish elders were more worthy to go to Jesus than he was. And so we see not only his authority and his love, but we see his humility as well. No doubt Jesus also noticed this. But look at what he says in verse 7 at the end. He says to the Lord through his friends, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. You don't have to come under my house. You don't have to lay hands on the servant. You don't have to be in the servant's presence. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And he gives this explanation. For I'm a man placed under authority with soldiers under me. And when I say to this one, go, he goes. And to another, come, he comes. And if I say to my slave, do this, he does it. The man's familiar with authority and the power to command other people to do what he wants. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled at him and turned and said to the crowd that was following, 
I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. This man understood his authority, and he considered Jesus as having authority as well. But he saw Jesus not just having authority over people. He saw Jesus having authority over things you can't see, authority over sickness, authority over spirits. He knew that Jesus, from a distance, could just command healing, and it would be done even though that person was not in a local proximity to the Lord. This man's authority and love and humility and faith are something to look at, admire, and seek to model. His understanding of spiritual things is immense, and Jesus acknowledges that. Notice what happens. We're not told anything more about the conversation between the friends of this centurion and Jesus. We're not told what Jesus does at all. We understand from the context that Jesus does not travel to this man's house. He does not meet this man personally. But it says when those friends who had been sent returned to the house, probably along with the Jewish elders, they found the slave in good health. In other words, the man's faith in Jesus had been justified. Jesus had healed the slave, even though he was never in the slave's presence. Do we trust in the Lord to do these things? Do we trust in the Lord? Do we have faith in the Lord the way this centurion did? Do we recognize the authority of Christ in our lives, not just to heal, not just to cast out demons somewhere in the world, but the authority to command us to go and we go, to do and we do. If the demons obey the Lord, and they did, they do. If illnesses obey the Lord, if winds and waves obey the Lord, how much more his people whom he died to save? How do people view us? Do they view us as worthy because of the love and the compassion and the generosity we display? Do they see us as faithful, as worthy to go out on a limb for us? How does the Lord view us? Does the Lord see our great faith? Does the Lord see our understanding of these spiritual truths, our obedience? It's important that he does, and we need to aspire to be what God has called us to be in Christ Jesus. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for this passage. Thank you for this tremendous example of this centurion, likely a Gentile, who behaved in such a way as to be praised by Jesus. I pray, Father, that we would have such a testimony, that when we enter into the kingdom, we can hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. But if we hear that, it will be because through the work of your Holy Spirit and obedience to Christ, by your grace and mercy, we have done well in this place, on this earth. We thank you, Father, for your great mercy and grace and patience with us. Help us to grow firm and strong in Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.